You're tuned into It's Real Podcast with your hosts, Kayla Callender and Andrew Yagi. Each week, we'll talk about what happens behind the scenes working full-time in real estate and share with you real-life stories, our successes, and failures as we work to help consumers and industry professionals reach their real estate and real-life goals. Here we go. Welcome to episode seven of the It's Real podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Yegi, and I'm a real estate agent. I'm Kayla Callender, and I'm a mortgage lender. Kayla, a new week and new opportunities. Great to see you. Great to see you. Always new opportunities. Um, getting into a new week. Um, how was your weekend? Do anything? My, you know, my weekend was good. We got away, went and uh, kind of saw some family, saw the in-laws in southern Minnesota, got to oh. uh, fly down there and actually take Ivy, um, our newborn, uh, kind of blow the whole family up. But it was Ivy's first flight. And, uh, you know, she's wow. just basically sitting at two months. So, you know, normally I try to get the kids up uh, in, in a plane a little bit quicker since, you know, how much I love aviation, but we got her up and, and she loved it. And when I say she loved it, I mean, she slept uh, the whole time in both directions. That's easy on everybody then, huh? It is. I was looking on social media too. It looks like you guys had a great weekend out at the lake mm-hmm. as you kind of uh, work towards your personal real estate goals and uh, kind yes. of, uh, you've done a tremendous amount of work mm-hmm. to to that property. You know, for someone who's not a DIYer, we've DIY'd the heck out of that place. It's really starting to come together. It's a labor of love, right? You don't really realize how much sometimes you've done or invested and until you look back and you see where you came from. So it's been really cool to um, take ideas and, you know, we're out there every weekend working. We are doing this so that we can at some point go out and relax and have an oasis for us and our family and our friends or for the opportunity, maybe even to rent it out. You know what I mean? So it's, it's getting there, but it's coming together, Andy. I I hate to break it to you, Kayla, but as someone who has had grown up with lake properties on both sides of the family for, you know, 36 years going out there, the work is never done. Uh, There, there's just so much work to do with the lake property, but but you're right. Yeah. Getting, getting, getting all of the big ticket items done uh, at least. Mm -hmm. so, So you can have a little bit more time for enjoyment. Yes, because when we, as you know, living in this area, we really value our summers because they're like two months long. So it's mm-hmm. all in preparation. So let me ask you this, Kayla. I, I never have asked, uh, do you and Taryn have any other real estate goals outside of, you know, having having this kind of lakeside oasis since you work in real estate? You know, when you really look at how wealth is created and when I'm looking at my client's PFS or where they're getting their money to put towards a down payment, where is most people's wealth? It's in real estate. So Mm -hmm. yes, we have goals of doing um, longer term rentals, whether that be, you know, six months, whether that be a year. I feel that sometimes those can be depending upon easier than, you know, having a a cabin, let's say that you rent out once a week and you're going out and you're cleaning it and it's new tenants. It just, it just truly depends. But I Mm -hmm. think that Wealth is created in real estate. So, because I know you have real estate, Andy. Um, you know, my my dad said to me one time um, a while ago, since I've got well, both sides of the family in agriculture, and you know, mm-hmm. my dad always says, "Hey, look at the Forbes, you know, top top one hundred or top five hundred mm-hmm. people 
purchase people out there. And there really isn't, aren't any farmers on there, but there are a lot of people that have made it in real estate. And so, yeah, obviously real estate can be a great thing. I think right now it's a, a tough time, um, you know, to get into investment properties. We have a lot of people that are looking, especially as there's more volatility in the stock market, um, you know, and people are just looking for what's perceived as a, a safer place to put their money. But Kayla, I can tell you as a landlord, uh, you talk about your fun weekend, uh, you know, and, and how much joy your real estate brings to you. I've had, um, you know, some real tough issues with some of my long-term mm-hmm. rentals. And in fact, uh, at a point where, you know, I'm, I've got my first ever letter in six years of being a landlord from uh, the city and the police department about one of my properties being problematic due to uh, some tenants uh, that have uh, drugs and, and weapons there. So having to, uh, you know, to make some, uh, uh, you know, have some uncomfortable conversations yeah. and, and in place because, hey, you know, and, and, and it still is is really great. And, and you yeah. know, unfortunately, there are people out there that make bad choices and, and you know, have yeah. difficulties in life, but you just got to work through it. Well, and has this happened before to you, Andy, with your with your background of of having, you know, these these rental properties? Is this common that you've seen this? Not really. And, you know, I try to do a really good job at vetting, you know, my tenants Mm -hmm. and even, you know, vetted these tenants very well. Um, And even, you know, have had another individual in the family who I had a relationship with, um, you know, kind of co-signed and and things have been great. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of changeover and, you know, someone not authorized to move in there. And so it's Mm -hmm. one of those things, I mean, you you can only control so many things, but ultimately, Mm -hmm. you know, it's our responsibility, you know, as landlords and as an as investors, you know, to make sure that we're doing a good job and, and we're keeping the community safe as well. Right. Well, as we said, we're seeing a lot of wealth created, but sometimes you just have to deal with those hard conversations. So you'll have to f- let us know how that goes. I will. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. We'll see uh, what, what happens next month, uh, <laughs> given that a, a line has been drawn in the sand. But ah. anyway, Kayla, I want to talk a little bit today. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there have been a lot of people that have asked me, and I'm sure a lot of people have asked you as well, you know, what is going on in the market? I mean, uh, financial Armageddon's coming. I've heard some people say, boy, this is like the 80s all over again. You know, we've mm-hmm. had about four banks fail, and there's just so much volatility out there. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, the Fed still raised rates about a quarter of a percent last mm-hmm. week. So what what does it all mean? You know, I think that there's a lot of concern, right? I mean, we see all of these things on the media. We're hearing it in you know our emails and on social media. We're hearing it on the news. And with SVB brought this new heightened sense of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen there's a little bit of panic and and rightfully so, but I think it's important that people understand what happened with SVB and how that can be so much different than your local bank or maybe your, your national bank. And so I think that giving our audience a little bit of background into SVB is important. I mean, you can Google bank run, you can Google Silicon Valley bank and you can get the gist of it. But for our listeners, I wanted to at least give a high-level overview about what happened and how does that correlate to mortgage rates, which impact our industries as well, Andy. Um, So one of the biggest things, as you've seen, Andrew, is with SVB, they were so 
um, invested in those tech and venture capitalist companies. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of deposits. They were capital heavy. And so one thing to understand is that when we're taking a bank, they're taking assets, liquidity from clients, and then they're loaning it out. They're loaning it out for a mortgage, a car. Um, they're, they're going ahead and investing those assets because they're only required to keep a small amount on their books. So one of the biggest things that I wanted to point out today was that Silicon Valley went ahead and invested those funds into securities. And so what has happened as rates have increased, there is a big difference between what SVB purchased those securities for and what they were worth today as the Fed continued to do this. Mm -hmm. So what has happened is, and I should ask you, Andy, have you heard of this bank run often? I, I won't say I've heard of it often. I mean, certainly throughout Not history. Recently. <laughs> no, no, certainly through history. I mean, you know, there right. are times where it's happened, but no, it, mm -hmm. it certainly is not the norm. Well, what has happened is we all know that when something occurs in today's world, we have our phones at our fingertips. And what had happened was there was some word that got out that SVB may have made some type of asset liability mismatch. And there was a bank run. People were coming and saying, I want to take my money out. But here they had loaned that out, invested that all out. So what they had to do is they had to sell those bonds and they took a loss. Mm -hmm. So that is not going to be every bank. Just like you and I, Andy, we invest our funds differently. We budget differently. We have mm -hmm. de different risk levels. So one of the questions that I'm getting often is, how do I know my bank is safe? How do I know that I'm, I'm covered? First and foremost, your company has an annual report. And second, you can discuss with your banker to make sure that you have FDIC insurance coverage. I am not a banker, but I would encourage everyone that has this on the tip of their brain, go and have those conversations. So that is kind of the, the gist of it that brings us to now, well, what's going to happen to mortgage rates? So mm -hmm. what we're seeing is the Fed has increased the rates a little bit, but there's discussion that maybe that will stop because when they stop that, what we're hoping to see is now a little bit more, um, I would say, confidence in the banking systems. And I think that if we see them decide to say, you know what, we're going to hold off. We're going to bring the rates down. Look at what happened to these larger banks. We will see lower rates and more buyers. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think will happen. I think that we're going to see, um, you know, the Fed did raise it a quarter, Andy, but, you know, they were talking maybe a half. So maybe this quarter increase is a small win for us. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it seems there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of confidence in the Fed or or Powell, yeah. the chair, um, and 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 it'd be a tough job to have right now. I mean, just trying to mm -hmm. navigate this, and you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people even say, "Hey, we're just kicking the can down the road." You know, really, mm -hmm. what's being done, you know, today is just a stopgap measure. You know, to to keep things propped up for now, and eventually, we're we're going to feel some pain and, and have to feel something at some point. But when we turn around and we look at, you know, the local residential real estate market, at least, I mean, mm -hmm. there, are, you know, I, I saw a headline the other day, Kayla, that uh, said, "Boy, this is going to be like 2021 
all over again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I even look at, I listed a couple of properties this past week and, Mm -hmm. you know, one property in particular, we had about a dozen showings and multiple offers Mm -hmm. and everything selling for, you know, as crazy over asking prices they did generally not because rates Mm -hmm. are not in that two to 3% range. You know, now we've got to get into, um, you know, the, what what you can get into a 15 year for under six, depending on depending on your circumstances or, mm-hmm. you know, get into the 6% range. And so anyway, as you look at all of these different things and these different factors, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that the market is going to be, uh, there are going to be plenty of buyers out that are looking. Mm-hmm. Are you finding, Kayla, with the buyers you're working with, you know, many accepted offers, many of your uh, buyers even making offers at this point, or are they sitting on the sidelines a little bit more? Both. I am seeing clients, you know, making offers and I'm seeing them lose more than they were a couple months ago. Now that could just be these buyers. I'm not saying that that's the case for everybody, but I had a client lose out on a $250,000 home and I had a client lose out on a $1.2 million home. The reason I tell you that is because we are starting to see it pick up. It's Mm -hmm. springtime. People are seeing these rates that were doom and gloom as a little bit more normal. They're, they're being educated And they're understanding that in order to have home ownership become part of their dream, their life goal, that they might need to budget, that they might need to find different ways to make that a reality. And people are getting that education from their realtors, their financial planners, and their lenders. So what I'm seeing is more pre-approvals and a little bit more competition. Mm -hmm. Despite uh, all of this advice and guidance from these different professionals, uh, you, one thing I've been seeing, Kayla, is that there are some people who are still very slow, you know, uh, to make a move, which probably goes hand in hand, you know, with the discussion of some people sitting on the sideline. I've had a couple of buyers that, you know, they've shown interest and we've talked about the fact that there's not a lot out there. Some of these properties are desirable. You have to make a move and, you know, they, they don't really heed that advice. And then they come back mm-hmm. a week and a half or two weeks later and want to make a move and the property's long gone. Mm-hmm. And then even along the lines, Kayla, are you seeing, you know, where a buyer's making an offer that sellers are, are, are paying, you know, many, many closing costs or anything like that? I'm still seeing it. I'm still seeing it. I just got a purchase agreement on Friday and there were seller paid concessions. Now, as there gets to be more competition, we might see that you know, decrease. We might not see that at all. I think that that's one reason to say that, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons of the market that you're in. Um, are you seeing seller pays, Andy? Not really. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing, you know, probably uh, buyers get more of a deal maybe on the purchase price, um, you know, and having less contingencies, including seller paid closing costs. But but it really, really depends. And of course, right. it depends on the seller and their circumstances too, just because, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to see more potential short sale properties. Right. We've even seen a couple of foreclosures um, and, and, and for our clients been able to put a couple of those under contract. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting market and I don't think anyone quite has their, their finger on, you know, exactly where the market is or where it's going, but it's going to be mm-hmm. you know a very interesting spring. I think it will be too. And I think the moral of the story too, is get ahead of the game. And if you're 
even thinking about it. And I know I say this every time we speak, but every week I see more and more people that are wanting to look at homes and they're not approved. Even if owning a home is a, a tiny bit in your realm of thinking, take the time and get pre-approved. It takes 20 minutes to complete an application. Take that step because you never know what's going to happen with inventory, with rates. You, you just don't know. And it's better to be prepared and ready to know what to offer than to be throwing it all scrambling together to get an offer in and lose out on your dream home. Yeah. And along those same lines, Kayla, what we always say in our office is come in and visit with us or, or wherever you're listening to this, go visit with your agent of choice, get kind of a crash course on, you know, the, the more immediate market or neighborhood you're looking in and, and really have everything dialed in and ready mm -hmm. to go. Set yourself up for success because there's nothing more frustrating than losing out on a house you really love. Um, and you certainly don't want to waste your time, um, your agent's time, your lender's time. Uh, let, let's work together to mm -hmm. assure uh, everybody's success. Mm -hmm. And it's emotional, right? It's not yeah. that you're doing this every single year or every 10 years. It depends on the person. But this is one of the biggest investments a person will make. It is not too much to ask to take time to get a, get a pre-approved, meet with your realtor, meet with a lender, because once you even get in a contract, people often forget how many other people are still involved from mm -hmm. appraiser to title company, to insurance, to maybe your financial advisor, your bank. So it's so important that in order to take the stress off yourself, just do the work ahead of time. And I promise, you know, this Andy, it will pay off. Absolutely. Well, Kayla, a pleasure chatting as always. And, and I know that you're always here as a resource. So if, if anyone's listening to this, you know, whether you're a buyer um, or, you know, maybe you're another a lender, an agent, a seller, reach out, reach out to us. Um, I know Kayla's here as a resource. I'm here as a resource as well. You know, mm -hmm. just want to want to help everybody reach, reach their goals. Mm -hmm. So Amen. Kayla, a pleasure as always. Always uh, a pleasure, Andy. Make it a great week. You too. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Oh! <laughs>